I'm your host, JT Bugis. Today, we're going to touch on how nurses can increase your energy so you are consistently energetic through shift, so that you are consistent, consistently energetic outside of your shift, because that is just as important. Not only do we want to fuel your work, I know that is very, very important to you, but also we want to have gas in the tank left over to do something for you to not just use up all your energy at work and then be too worn out afterwards to do anything that you actually enjoy for you. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the top tips in three different categories, exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle that you can do in order to increase your energy and have plenty left over for you. So let's jump in. We're going to start with exercise here. So this is going to boil down to to two different things. So first and foremost, better strength training programming. You want to have some smart strength training programming in order to increase our energy. If we're doing all this crazy high intensity stuff, Orange Theory F45, or just supersetting everything with our strength training, minimal rest periods, yada, 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 like we are just unnecessarily draining ourselves for little reward too, because those things aren't going to build a lot of muscle. They're not going to boost your metabolism. They're, I mean, they're cardio, some of those things, which is great. And we're going to touch on cardio next, um, but there's a smarter way to do cardio for the most part. So we want better strength training, which also doesn't mean like five, six, seven days a week of training in the gym. That is crazy. That's too much of a time demand for you to begin with as a nurse. Um, But it's also too much of an energetic demand. That is, generally speaking, for most people, too much to recover from. So what's the sweet spot? It's three to four days per week of strength training. And again, it's doing so with better programming that's not just focused on gassing you out and making you tired. It's focused on building strength with some big-time movements like squats, deadlifts, push-ups, pull-ups. Like we want to have really, really good strength training. Also includes some power work that is important for nurses um, to be strong and fit and powerful on the job because you're going to need that. So we want to have smart strength training that doesn't that isn't just there to just drain you of your energy, to just exhaust your energy stores and leave you with nothing left over. That's not the point of training. We want to train to be stronger. We want to train to be more skilled at movements. And we want to train to build some muscle um, and build metabolism. So better strength training is going to contribute to all of that and an increase in energy. Now let's touch on the cardio piece, because that is super important. And I'm experiencing this firsthand right now as I dive deeper and deeper into cardio. And my motivation for this is longevity based. So I'm doing a lot of zone two cardio, which helps with metabolic flexibility, the ability of our body to bounce back and forth between carbs and fat for fuel. It helps with mitochondrial health, aka the powerhouse of the cell. And um, 
and it helps with just our, our cardiovascular health. It can help with recovery um, from exercise. So it's kind of twofold. You can recover better in between exercise bouts, so like in between workouts, but you can also recover better within your workouts. So when we go back to strength training, you're going to do multiple sets of a movement. You're going to recover better in between movements. So I'm doing that zone two cardio. I'm also doing a max effort style cardio, get that heart rate jacked way up and suffer. It is uh, brutal to put it the least, but super, super healthy for, again, for your cardiovascular health, for being able to handle high outputs. And again, the reason I'm doing this is for longevity because I want to live a really, really long time. And exercise is a huge, huge piece of the puzzle for that. If you want to read, read and dive deep into this topic even more, the book Outlive by Peter Atia is fantastic. And so some of this I was doing before I read that, and then that just made me double down even more. <clears throat> so that's my motivation for the cardio. But one of the things that I have noticed while doing all of that for longevity, which unfortunately it will take many, many decades to realize if it or how much it helped, because it certainly will help. But one of the anecdotes that I experienced was that my energy increased and I feel way more energetic throughout the day. I don't have dips in the middle of the afternoon. And so I might be doing close to double the exercise that I was before. Um, so before I was doing about four hours of strength training <clears throat> and I walk every day. So, you know, that can count as exercise, but I'm not, I'm not including that in this. And then I added five hours of cardio on top of that, which to be clear is a ton and is not what I am suggesting you should do, especially when you first start off the, the where you are versus what is optimal and that amount of exercise that I'm doing is optimal, but this is also my job and I'm also psychotic. So keep that in mind as well. But the gap between where you are and what is optimal, the stuff in the middle is not a wasteland of nothingness that doesn't matter. Anywhere in between is progress. And so if you're not doing any cardio, doing 30 minutes of cardio can help. Doing 10 minutes of cardio can help. And you can build from there. <clears throat> Excuse me frog in the throat. I probably need more coffee. Not really. I don't know how that will help. I just want to drink more coffee. But again, start with what you can do. You may never make it up to that optimal range and that is okay. It is perfectly good to strive for that. Um, and you may not get there. That may not be what's practical for your lifestyle. But again, I've noticed that despite my exercise going up dramatically, my energy has also gone up dramatically as well, which is Maybe not counterintuitive, but it's weird, right? Because I'm using a lot more energy. So you would think that best case scenario is like status quo, but that's not the case. I'm far more energetic from doing that type of cardio consistently, likely because my body is just functioning at a much higher level. So if you're going to do cardio, be smart about it. Look into zone two training. It is a lower intensity style of training where you can essentially still hold a conversation while you do it, but people can tell that you're working out. So it's going to get your heart rate up and you're going to get sweating, but you're not trying to kill yourself. And that is very, very important. We don't want to kill ourselves. This should be a type of exercise that you feel like you can do like all day. You're not going to have to do it all day, but you should feel like you can keep going like that. So 
And that has been, I think, one of the keys for increasing my own energy is having a really good balance between strength training and cardio and doing both very smartly. There's only one day a week that I do some like ruin your life type of cardio, which is exactly what like the Orange Theories and F45s want you to do is just like kill yourself every workout three or four times a week. And you're actually killing yourself. You're actually draining yourself of energy that is not productive. You short term, as you get that hormonal and cortisol boost, maybe like, oh, this is great. I've got more energy. And then later you crash and you wonder why. And that's why. So be smarter about your strength training and your cardio and programming it in a way that fits your life. So again, there's a gap between where you are and what's optimal. Find that middle ground of what's practical for you. So that's exercise right there is, is the blend of strength training and cardio. Let's move on to nutrition. So we're going to break this down into three different uh, key pieces, key strategies. The last one, I think it's not the most important, but I think it is the most underrated. So stay tuned for that one. First and foremost, though, is eat enough calories. Calories are energy. Literally, it's just a unit a unit to measure energy is what a calorie is. So you need enough of them to be energetic. If you're drastically under eating, you're not going to be energetic. So you need to eat enough and enough is going to look different for everyone. So this is something you're going to have to find for yourself. Basically, if you need some help finding it, I can help you. I've got some guides on the, on the website, longevitylab.fitness. Um, the complete guide to weight loss includes, um, telling you how to figure out your calories. So, um, if your goal is weight loss, obviously it's going to be geared towards that. If it's not, it's still going to tell you how to calculate your calories. So it'll still be useful for you. But that also brings up the caveat of if you're trying to lose weight, obviously you need to decrease calories. So eating enough calories becomes a little bit different because you can't eat at maintenance and lose weight. So we need to find a way to balance it better where you're eating enough that you're still energetic, but not so little that the calorie deficit then wears on you. And so this is where more moderate deficits are probably better in general for nurses because y'all are so busy you're being run ragged on 12-hour shifts you need to have energy for that you don't want to feel run down and so getting yourself into a deficit of 300 to 500 calories is usually way more than enough and it's enough to stimulate results too that's the best part at that pace you're gonna lose roughly half a pound to a pound a week which doesn't sound like much, but it is such phenomenal progress. If you extrapolate that over the course of a year, you're losing 25 to 50 pounds. How amazing would it be to lose 25 to 50 pounds? It'd be incredible, right? But when we boil it down to that week, it's like, well, I only lost half a pound this week. The scale basically didn't even move. And it's like, yeah, you're right. But also, it's fantastic. You're on a great track. Just keep going. So, a more moderate deficit while while you're trying to lose weight is going to give you a better balance between being able to accomplish that weight loss goal but stay energetic throughout. And then if you don't have a weight loss goal, your goal should be 
maybe not should be. I'm not here to tell you what your goal should be, but it's a good idea to consider trying to push as many calories as possible while maintaining your weight. So if you want to just stay where you are, but be the most optimally energetic, there's typically a range of calories that our body will maintain at. So it's not going to be like, cool, I weigh 150 pounds, 1900 calories exactly is the only way that I gain or that I maintain my weight. It's probably going to be somewhere between 1800 and 2000, maybe more. I've increased calories by hundreds and had people largely maintain their weight. Part of that can sometimes be because as you eat more, your body actually wants to expend more energy. You go and do the things that you want to do because you have the energy for them. And so it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. But again, there is a range for maintenance calories. Find the top end of that range so that you can maximize your energy levels. So you can just slowly increase your calorie intake until you notice the weight start trending up. And then that's where you stop and hold and let your body settle. But that way you can eat the most possible while maintaining your weight, which gives you the most nutrition flexibility, which is amazing because you have a little bit more wiggle room for enjoying some of your favorite foods, for going out to eat um, without gaining a ton of weight. And again, we're maximizing within reason the calorie intake, which is going to maximize your energy. So make sure you're eating enough calories. Don't be afraid of carbs within those calories. Carbs are energy, the most direct fuel source for energy that we have. So pick some good carbs, potatoes, rice, fruit, veggies, oats, all fantastic options among many others. But don't be afraid of carbs. Carbs are quite literally energy. That is their primary function is to give you energy. So we want to make sure that we're getting a decent amount of healthy, nutritious carbs in order to fuel our best energy. It's going to fuel our exercise, our energy, our recovery. It even helps with sleep. All of those things are going to lead to an increase in energy. So don't be afraid of carbs. And lastly, the underrated tip that I think helps every single nurse is based on meal timing. So at Longevity Lab with our clients, we call it the 3-4 protocol. You may have heard me mention this before if you've been following me for a while. And it's so simple, but it is so effective. And because of that, because of its simplicity, you've probably brushed it off. But I promise you, if you do this, you're going to notice massive changes. So the 3-4 protocol is you eat three to four meals per day. You spread them out by three to four hours. So there's three to four hours in between every single meal. Now, when you eat more consistently throughout the day like this, your energy is going to be better as your body gets a more consistent supply of nourishment. Give your body the fuel that it wants and needs to perform for you. That's only going to happen if you're feeding it consistently. If we're not eating a lot and then we're eating a ton, it's going to be very difficult because your body's going to be so busy digesting, you're going to feel like garbage. So find a way to eat more consistently throughout the day. I, in my experience with my nurse clients, one of the most difficult pieces to this is, is kind of two part. One, you don't really have a lot of time to eat on shift. 
and two, because of that, you don't always have quick, convenient options available. And so that makes it difficult to eat meals instead of just relying on snacks or whatever's in the break room. So go to the show notes in there. You're going to find a link to the Easy Meal Prep for Nurses Guide. 20 plus beautiful recipes, healthy recipes that will get you quick, convenient meals. Most of them, all you need is a slow cooker. Dump it, cook it, be done, get on with your life, have something convenient available for you on shift. Find a way to eat it on shift. If you want to perform your best for your patients, you got to find a way to eat on shift. It's got to happen if you want to feel your best. And if you want to do your best for your patients, which is why you're skipping lunch in the first place, it's because you're busy working for said patients. But if you want to be the best for them, you probably need some food so you can increase your energy, so you can have mental clarity, so that you can feel your best. So if you follow that 3-4 protocol, you're going to feel way better. I promise you that. Promise, promise, promise you that. So that may be, again, it might not be the most important thing because like, if you're eating three little baby meals all day, you're probably not getting enough calories. You're probably still going to be low on energy. But I think if you can eat three to four healthy sized meals per day, you can, for the most part, increase your energy to pretty close to optimal levels without worrying about the other things. So try that first. Eat three to four meals per day consistently and try for consistent timing. Again, I know that's going to be tough. But if you're eating at the same times, relative times, each day, your body is going to be more consistent as well. It's going to be more consistent with your hunger cues. It's going to know when to expect food. It's going to be better for your energy. So again, I understand that also is difficult. But if you can eat three to four meals every day, if you can eat them consistently at the same time, look out, that energy is going to be coming in hot. So that is exercise and nutrition, the basic foundational tips for increasing your energy so that your energy is consistent and overflowing. Let's get into our last topic, which is lifestyle. What is the key for lifestyle for optimizing your energy? And guess what? It's probably an obvious answer. It's sleep. Get your seven to nine hours of sleep. Stop staying up late. Stop I was going to say stop waking up early, but you probably got to do that for work anyway, so that's nonsense. But find a way to get your seven to nine hours of sleep. Find a way to do it on a consistent schedule. So the more consistent your bedtime and your wake-up time is, the better you're going to feel going to bed and waking up. It's going to be easier to fall asleep. It's going to be easier to wake up feeling refreshed. When we have our bedtime all over the freaking place, we're basically jet lagging ourselves. Your body's natural rhythm is being jerked all over the place, just like it is when you're crossing time zones. And a lot of people wonder like, oh my gosh, I'm so groggy on Monday mornings. And it's like, why? I hate Mondays. It's like probably because you normally go to bed at 10 and instead you stayed up until midnight or 1 a.m. all weekend. And then Monday comes and your sleep schedule's all jacked up. Get on a consistent sleep schedule. So, Aim for seven to nine hours. I like to do this by giving myself an eight-hour sleep opportunity, meaning that I'm in bed, lights out, trying to go, sh- trying to go, shut eye, eight hours before I have to be up, because that way, even if it takes me a short while to fall asleep, like I'm still within that seven to nine-hour benchmark. And if you feel better getting more, go for more. If you think you feel better at less than seven, I got a, I got news for you. You're lying. 
You don't know how good you'd feel if you got some more sleep. So seven to nine hours on a consistent schedule. One of the things that absolutely helps me and helps my clients the most is finding a way to wind down going into bedtime. 15, 30 minutes of something to help bring you down, relax you, get you tired is going to make such a dramatic difference. So rule number one for this is going to be get away from screens. Screens are stimulating, doesn't matter what kind it is, TV, iPad, phone, computer, it don't matter. All that blue light is going to keep you up. So get away from screens. That for sure has to happen. After that, it's up to you. Do you like reading? Do you like painting? Are you a cross-stitcher? Do you want to meditate? Do you want to journal? Do you want to build Legos with your partner? Like it can be a wide variety of things, just something that is not so stimulating that you want to stay up and do it. So like for some people, reading is problematic. That's what I do. I find that reading for 15 to 30 minutes in bed with just a little reading lamp um, is magic. Like I'm after some amount of time, I'm falling asleep where I'm basically dropping the book on my face. And that's when I'm like, let's go. When I do that, I fall asleep much faster. But for some people, they'll get into a book and then it's like, I can't put this down. I'll stay up till three in the morning reading it, which was totally me as a kid. Um, but know what works for you, but find something that does work for you because that is going to make it much, much easier to transition into sleep. But biggest lifestyle tip, get your sleep. That's where we recharge. It is literally us recharging. There's no reason that we should still sleep at this point if it wasn't massively beneficial for us. We're not out getting food. We're not making money. We're not procreating. We're lying there motionless for eight hours a night. It makes no sense why it hasn't evolutionary, evolutionarily been removed. But... It hasn't because it's so beneficial at recharging us. So get your sleep. So quick recap, exercise, better strength training, smart cardio, nutrition, eat enough calories, don't be afraid of carbs, utilize the 3-4 protocol, lifestyle, sleep, get your seven to nine hours on a consistent schedule, find a way to wind down going into it. These are the things that are going to massively increase your energy. It's gonna allow your energy to stay consistent throughout the day. And in my opinion, best of all, it's going to give you enough energy to where you have enough left over for yourself to do the things that you want to do. So yeah, you're going to perform better at work because you're not going to be tired. You're going to be energetic. You're going to have better amounts of clarity. And that is amazing. That is a, that is absolutely a piece of the puzzle that we want. But we also want you to have the energy left over for you to do the things that you want to do, to do the things that you love to do, whatever that is for you. These are the steps that are going to get you there. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. Again, I'll have some resources for you in the show notes. So um, check that to see if there's something useful in there for you. But thanks for your time and attention. I appreciate you. We'll be back for more soon.